0: This is episode 238 of the Gold Squadron Podcast. I'm your host, Dion Morales, and today I'm joined by Marcel, when in doubt, roll out, Manzano. I said roll it out. Big difference between roll out and roll it out. Yep. (laughs) Yep. I don't. I don't. Okay you, okay, you put in the notes. Bonus points if you guess what I'm referring to. What are you referring? Well, I, I gotta well, it's break the cycle. Things like
1: roll out means like you're leaving. Like hey, I'm gonna get out of here, and roll it out is like take the
0: dice and roll it out. Oh no! I thought you were talking about like bacon, like rolling out some dough, because we're making cookies. What, what's the topic today?
1: You'll get it later. Oh my god. <laughs> It's not your day, Dion. It's no, I know day.
2: what you I I am purposely, you know, I, I got to play, got to play Look, the jester, Let's get right? past this now because we're gonna be 10 minutes <laughs> like last week, It'll be 10 minutes later you be trying to say have the same argument on the same side This out later. is th-
0: this is true. This is true. Will Greedo's Sparkly Plasmas,
3: Haguewood. Good job, Dion. Hey. Got us there with plasmas, plasmas. What Plasma's on top.
0: Ryan, the clock is ticking, Staniszewski. Only about a week and a half, maybe? The baby could be here any moment. could be now. It could be now. It could
2: you know, just like any moment. Yeah, they, if you see Ryan run, you know what happened. The phone is here. If I see a text that says, I got to go, I got to go. <laughs>
0: He's just he's just running. All right. So um, as for announcements and news on Wednesday, December first, signups for Jank Tank Two will be live. Friends, uh, stay tuned to our Discord. Uh, we'll have information on our website. There'll also be. Uh, separate website with specifically information for Jank Tank 2, but but we're ready to go. It's going to be happening, and if you sign up, if you're one of the first people to sign up on Wednesday when everything goes live, that night, we actually will be live rolling random lists for people on stream. So you get to actually see your, your your lists be created and find out whether or not you got your original lists or maybe I decided to not allow you to keep a list and, and move on from there. But it should be a good time. Uh, I know uh, Farmer, Ryan Farmer is going to join me at some point, maybe for about an hour during that time. Uh, I need to figure out how to create a macro key for cut and paste on my keyboard because last time we did this, my pinky, left pinky, completely cramped up because of co- copy-paste, that, that control button. So if you know how to do that, hit me up on Discord because I don't know how to yet. Um, but then the other thing we got going on is... Um, we are uh, well Ryan no shade Ryan was in the tournament but we're play- <laughs> we're playing in the in the crate team tournament and uh and we're in the top 4 and what I wanted to do is actually um we haven't talked a, a while about um like how things have been going in the turn? we just come like oh this this is going on we haven't really talked about games like I don't want to like old school Nova Squadron podcast full bat rep this alright that's a deep cut by the way if you don't know what I'm talking about then it doesn't don't matter but I, <laughs> but um you know I just kind of want to talk about how, how did your last games go how have things been going good bad or ugly um yeah so who wants to go first let William go first. He's
3: carrying us. It's true. <laughs> I might be, actually. Uh, I have won every single round so far. So uh, Clutch oh. wins. Um, Taking an old school list uh, with Jake, Wedge, and Han um, based off of Catch's success uh, with that similar archetype. Um, but yeah, it's actually proven like pretty flexible, being able to bring like, uh, swapping out for like proton torpedoes when fighting like Suntier and Adas, things like that. Um, but then being able to like dial Wedge back and maybe get a proton rocket on Jake. Um, I just was talking about plasmas, actually plasma torpedoes. When you know you're facing uh, a high shield, like low agility enemy, or I think, you do, know, and you were using it against A-Wings. Like, you just need one one good plasma hit to go through, right? Both, both um, those
0: plasmas got me ripping the shields off and half yeah. points. Yeah.
3: Uh, sometimes, like, it is really nice to just know. Um, so, uh, and then Han. Han has been absolutely unstoppable uh, with... Um, there's almost, like, no... True swarms left Uh, at least uh, I haven't faced a list that had more than four ships in it So han has been getting it like the Bistam I've been swapping that out for R2D2 sometimes when I need more upfront damage Um, but lately man uh, the uh, Just Kanan and R2D2 That Han's so good I don't know why we don't see more Ham in like competitive play. I have to assume because swarms were such a powerful thing for so long, and he hasn't. He's not a fan of those. Yeah, he's uh, actually pretty
1: good against Dash and uh, and all the other i fives that are out there right now.
3: Uh, yeah, I don't think he's ever been bad. <laughs> I mean, they pulled him away from like Broken, but. Uh, yeah, he's just good, very consistent. He, like, never feels like a one agility ship to me. Um, he always feels, like, a little bit more defensive. So, uh, yeah, it's been a lot of fun uh, really utilizing that sideboard. Uh, I think it's the most interesting part of Craig Cup, experimenting with that. Oh, it's not Craig Cup. Craig. What is the actual name of it? Does anybody know? Fantasy he...
0: Online something,
3: something. There's like
2: crazy
3: C- episode that
2: one with that and man. a half point two, <laughs> yeah. C- up online
3: is the short way to put it. Oh, there okay. it is. that makes sense. We had to distinguish. <laughs> All right. Um,
0: well, Ryan, how 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 I know the, you guys got knocked out last week, but how have your games been going? How was your experience with the sideboard? What were you playing? Give us the deets. So,
2: um, I had my same list the entire event. Uh, I had been undefeated up until this week um i was flying silencer kylo grudge and two fo bombers that gave me i believe about 25 ish points to work with which is pretty solid for kidding out the bombers but almost consistently across the entire event i always had sensor scrambler on kylo i always had proximity mines and electro chaff on both of the generic fo bombers bomblet generator on grudge and then that allowed me to take uh automated targeting priority on both fo bombers i think that rounded it out to the full 200 and it worked out really well the only time i switched some stuff up was took the automated off in one matchup against low agility ships and put an ion that i never used on grudge anyway so um atp is pretty good i think um fo bombers with Proxminds are really good, especially when backed up by Grudge, and Kylo Silencer is the best Kylo, so that's what I opt for. Um, I ran into Andrew Oler, played him for the first time against his uh, Canadian friends, Kaylin Wong, and I forget who their third person was. I'd have to look it up, but, um, yep, Andrew and me had a really close game. A lot was of it, ben Whitten? From it.
0: Hmm? Ben, ben Whitten? Ben Wetton
2: Witten? Maybe. can remember. I can look it up real quick. But anyway, um, the... the game I had against Andrew Oler, we both learned something, uh, from the game in how we wanted to approach certain things against each other. He took his, his, um, Jin Erso Kyle Garvin Hera machine, and instead of having the benthic, since he doesn't have as many, as much room for all that right now, he now is just Wedge X-Wing, which is pretty good. (laughs) Um... We talked about him. His sideboard was basically deciding whether or not he what the last two points he wanted us to take. He did think about Moldy Crow or not actually to free up some points, but he stuck with it. Considered selfless, which I thought he was going to take since that seems even better to help keep Wedge and Hair alive and make people shoot at Garvin. But uh, it turns out when you don't land any bombs, because either A, you miss one, or he or they move away from them, or B. Your ships get killed just the turn before they would have had the best bombing opportunity both times. Not going to cut it. Although I had the game in a pretty good position because I had really, really good chaff cloud launches. By the way, if you haven't played against a list that has two FO bombers with chaff clouds, you need to be aware of the map they can place the chaff clouds because you will have to deal with them. Just You're going to have to deal with them. They will boost and launch it at you. That's jam and no action. Try not to be there, but it's hard.
0: You're going to be jam. It's going to happen.
2: Mm-hmm. Also, uh, a- I've, I've transitioned more to sensitive controls, Kylo. I like that a lot, actually. Um, and when you combine it with Sensor Scrambler, just pick them up and place them wherever you want in the first engagement when you decloak and you use sensitive controls. <laughs> you got to throw yeah, a sense on there,
1: too, so
0: you can be a Netta.
2: I sure that's also a thing you can do.
0: I mean it's good it's good to have almost guaranteed information. <laughs> it's always, always been a good thing. What about what about you Marcel? How things been going? I uh, know this so week it, was bad, but just give us give us everything, you know?
1: Yeah, no, yeah, this week was uh was was a rough one, but that's why I got a out. I got a cat biting my toes actually, what I got <laughs> um that's what I got um you and William bailing me out when I, when I have a week like this. But um, so I'm flying a hundred and twenty-nine point, uh, well, seventy-one point sideboard. So a lot of points to play with. I have uh, Baby Anakin, obi a delta and Ahsoka a Delta. and it is. Um, I have not flown knit the same way twice. So it, it's actually a lot of fun when you. Uh, the sideboards when you have that much to play with. I've done CLT Ahsoka with um, CLT Ahsoka with Chopper. I've done um, Baby Annie with my regular loadout, Collision Detector Advanced, Torpedoes, region. I've done them with with, uh, Passive Sensors and Proton Torpedoes. I've done them with Passive Sensors and Ion Torps. Um, This last week it didn't work out, but this last week I did uh double sense because I was flying against uh a five six six list so I put sense on both Ahsoka and um on both I had Delta seven B Ahsoka and and Obi with uh sense on both regen on Obi and then passive sensors on I and Ion torpedoes on Anakin to see if I can catch catch the I sixes um so it's been it's it's been fun. However, I'm getting a little burnt out with the list to be to be. Uh, that happens to me every time. Every time I play something for an extended period of time, I just get bored. So I'm trying to. Like, you just got to do it for two clear. more weeks. Just two, two, more more weeks. Weeks, two more weeks. Yeah, yeah. It's two more weeks, and then I can put um I can put them on the can, can put them away. Ahsoka though has been relatively um not relatively has been surprisingly better than i expected regardless of what i end up putting on or whether i put on delta 7 clt chopper um whatever it is uh just the double action every turn action even after you get a red maneuver or even after you get a red maneuver you can still dial in a white maneuver and still get an action i mean it's uh She's just very, very she can do anything she wants. So she's a sports ship. She's also a
3: solo ship. So I'm I'm having a lot of fun with with, with Ahsoka. So I don't think Ahsoka gets enough uh respect. No, Man, she is awesome. such a, she's got the best of pilot ability, probably. If flying in if not the best chassis as well. Huh. What's going on with typo X Wing in the chat? I don't I don't
0: know. I don't know. Uh, I think I think something's wrong with his keyboard. Hopefully, he's okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's been, it's L, M. It's like the right, right side of his keyboard. Not there, and then there's a random X. I don't know what's happening. I think something's wrong with his computer typo. I love you, and hopefully you're okay. <laughs> we're just gonna we're gonna keep going. Uh, for 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 my part, um I've kind of been in, a, in an odd boat because what has happened on most weeks is you had Marcel and will winning their games, and then me not being available to play my game until the weekend. But because of most of those times, those first two games are won already, the third person's like, nah, never mind. Like, that happened to me, not this week, but the two other weeks before that. So, going into this week, I wasn't feeling super confident. To, like, in... Because I, 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 I was feeling rusty. Like, I had played some jank tank games and all that, but I hadn't really gotten... Um, I had I hadn't gotten what I thought was enough reps with the list. But... This week uh, I was able to get a W for the team, which pushed us into the top four. And uh, I was playing against four A Wings. It's uh, Joe Cogden. He's in Japan, so that was a fun time zone to uh, to try to schedule up. But um, but yeah, four A Wings, four sets of prockets, really scary. And um, I was I was able to to pick off half points with those plasma torpedoes and um and there was this i would say the r- road the random order after dials really affected our games in in what i found very entertaining ways because we had this weird like he had zz on his on his, in his list the four rz2a wings and i had zz in mine um so this kind of like who's who's chasing who for most of the game my zz was behind his but because we never knew who would be moving when uh the maneuvers got kind of weird a couple of times but it was it was a great time Uh, it was a really great time so um overall you know in in list building uh it's been really interesting to look at my options um to go, you know, between plasma torpedo, proton torpedo, on Poe. If I need like a, a really, if I feel like I, I need to need a four dice, uh, I've messed around with uh, heavy laser cannon on Poe. That was an interesting week, but it didn't matter because the person didn't want to didn't end up wanting to play. It was just like doing practice games with it. But um, but yeah, it was it was a lot of fun it's been a lot of fun i'm excited to see what happens this week this week i am playing against is it a rebel list i believe i think you said it was a luke yeah, and ahsoka yeah, yeah three fives yeah
1: so that'll be interesting
0: yeah so we
1: we'll, don't bring plasmas because uh definitely plasmas are bad against leia so Hint, hint, Nari and <laughs> else, I, mean. I don't you're
3: know You'll never hit those ships with 3 dice steel You might as well <laughs> not even bother yeah. <laughs> Gotta love
0: it But yeah, it's it's been a lot of fun uh, Playing in a Playing in a competitive event um, Especially in a team event Because with the limited amount of time I get to play I feel like all my games have stakes. Like, it matters. I'm playing for the team. I'm not just playing, you know, random stuff on a Wednesday night, and I don't care if I lose. Like, I, I want to win these games. I'm going in with a different mindset. Um, honestly, I think if you guys were watching me play those games, you would be bored because, um, you know, I usually, you know, I'm I'm talking my maneuvers out loud when, like, you know, I'm all too hard and doing this. Um, but... I spend a lot of time just like super quiet and just kind of think thinking in my head and trying trying to catch any mistakes that I might be making in my mind um, as we're you know, as I'm, as I'm going through the game. But I think that actually uh, leads pretty well into our topic for today that I wanted to hit, and that is risk assessment in X-wing. But before we do that. Today's podcast episode is brought to you by the Gold Squadron patrons. patrons. Becoming a patron makes you a part of the largest group of supporters that GSP has. Patrons have access to patron-only channels on Discord. And depending on what level you are, you get sent quarterly gifts. Our next wave features Pursuit Squadron. And voting for the Pursuit Squadron pilots is going on now. It wraps up this week. And uh, super excited about that. We've oh, It looks like already uh, it's been decided that Sonny Bounder is going to end up being the M3A pilot Um, when I put up the vote for the Kimogila I said let's pretend like this is a real vote because it's going to end up being Tarani because you have Tarani, Dalen Oberos and a generic uh, as the pilots Um, but yeah, the other ones I think are potentially up for grabs. We'll see, we'll see how things end up shaping out. And, uh, and then of course, pretty soon here we have the, the the squadron leader. I'm curious to see where people go there. Um, but yeah, let's, let's hit it here. Risk assessment in X-Wing. Risk assessment in X-Wing. Now I want to start here. When I, when I propose this as a topic, we kind of all kind of not hit it from different Different ways, but we kind of started latching on like other ideas that have to do with risk assessment. Uh, and I one hundred percent agree. We can we can hit as many of these tangents as we want. Uh, today is definitely just kind of a uh, a brainstorm more than anything, and kind of what is our personal experience. And I want to start by asking, like, how if I were to ask you to define risk assessment, like, what what is that when I say risk assessment,
2: Ryan? so it's a player's or person's ability to assess risk in very, in a situation or various situations now as pertains to X-Wing specifically it's your ability to assess if doing a if your choice in doing something assessing the risk that comes with that your ability to say I'm going to dial in this maneuver and you assess when you've made that decision if the risk in doing that is worth it under in your assessment. That's all you're just trying to do is assess if is that risk worth my effort or it's not even, is it worth it? You're just assessing if it even has a risk. First turn of the game is a one straight risk. Probably not, (laughs) but there might be a risk to it. If someone says, I'm going to five straight be in your face and we're now jousting in the gutter and you've decided, Oh, I didn't know they were going to do it that quickly. And then you've had to, Figure out from there if that one straight was a risk or not in the game afterward. That's more risk analysis by that point, but action decision as well. Is taking the action of doing certain ones a risk? How much of a risk is it? Is it worth it? And situationally in the game, depending on the game state itself, how far you're up, how far you're down, if you're willing to take certain risks and assess if it's necessary to do a risk if you're up enough in a game. A lot of times it's not. Uh Or other times, and I'm I'm pretty sure Marcel's a big fan of this, I'm just here to kill as many ships as possible, risk or not. Um, Some other players might just run their ships away as soon as they get up in points and just make, make their opponents make mistakes to close back in. Or if you're down in a game, you need to make the correct risk assessment to decide this risk is worth the potential reward and you're more in. You got to risk it more for the biscuit.
0: <laughs> I like it. I like it. Um, Marcel or Will, do you guys anything else you want to kind of tack on with that definition of what is risk assessment? Okay, so just wanted to kind of check that. I think that was a really concise um, definition of that. Now, what I what I want to do is let's for especially newer players and if you're a seasoned veteran this is always good to to uh to practice these things is let's define risk assessment in different parts of the game cuz I think that there's different moments where you can essentially analyze what's happening across the table from you and decide whether something is you know, it's going to be bad for you. Um, they're, they're the, the decision that your opponent made in turn zero, turn zero we're defining as decisions made before the game, what obstacles they brought, what lists they brought. Um, let's go ahead and start there. Uh, Will, what would you say would be an example of, let's let's talk about your, uh, your crate cup list. So what obstacles did you bring for your list? Uh, debris. Debris. Big big debris. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, um, and
3: that's because it works really well with Kanan, right? And 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 Han as well. Han wants to be as close to obstacles as possible. Um, So I don't want to risk taking rocks. Um, And then, yeah, the, the interaction of Kanan clearing stress when you hit a debris is too good to pass up. So then, when what
0: would be the obstacles you would not, like, what would be the, the, for lack of a better term, like, the worst obstacles to come across with your opponent uh, having brought probably.
3: those? Um, big rocks, probably. Because uh, I had to be a lot more careful with my hom If they're gas clouds, whatever, I'll just land on them. But obviously you can't land on a rock and still shoot. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, that's that is I mean that that's exactly what I want to go cuz now you end up whether you're first or second player, now you have a decision to make. All right. Those rocks, my opponent has them. If you're the first player, are you are you going to want to go and move or like decide
3: oh, yeah. where those rocks oh, yeah. go or are you going to place yours? Uh ooh Uh, I think I might do a little bit of both, but I think I I always start by grabbing uh, the worst obstacle and putting it somewhere that I know I can avoid it or at least fight fight around it on my terms. Mm -hmm.
0: Now, Marcel, in my experience, your, what I'm going to say, obstacle theory has been very, I will use the word, avant-garde. Um, if you've seen live video of Marcel, his obstacle placement looks something like a quarter flip onto the table. Um, and I think that goes more back to the mental game. It's kind of like, I don't care where these are and he's trying to trigger people, but, (laughs) but, uh, (laughs) Marcel thoughts on obstacle risk assessment. So, um,
1: uh, that, that is a little bit true about the, like the mind game and and just being like, I don't care where they go. Uh, That's a little bit true because I don't know where you're going to put yours. So I'm just going to put it anywhere. And um, why am I going to try to tip my hand on what I want to do based on my rock placement? Because um, I, I like to play by reading the opponent and by seeing what the opponent is physically doing is thinking about. I mean, that's just the, I mean that's just how I like to play, so I don't want to give anything away. So I just tend to be—that's why I play messy. Well, I don't mean messy like like. That's why I just like throw it out there and I set dials a little bit quick because I'm I'm just letting it go. Now, uh, one of the things that it's helped me in most situations because I don't do it good all the time is it's helped me to be able to fly around rocks regardless of whether they're in a favorable or not favorable position. Mm -hmm. And as it relates back to risk assessment, uh, more recently after Alderaan, I've been flying Swarms. I've been flying six and seven ship lists. And with six and seven ship lists, well, I've been flying a six or seven ship uh, list, small base list. And then I've also been flying um, three slavers. (laughs) I've been doing that quite a bit. Just three slavers teched out with like really uh, funny... Um, all kinds of fun stuff on three slavers. You can get a whole bunch of toys on them. But even with the slavers and with the the uh, seven, six or seven ship lists, I've been bringing the biggest rocks possible and the biggest asteroids possible. Uh, which sounds counterintuitive because you know, especially with the um, with the big ships, is like, well, the likelihood of you landing on them is is bad. But I'm I'm looking at it the other way. I'm looking at it like I feel confident that I know I'm not going to put myself on a rock. I feel more confident that I'm not going to put myself on a rock than my opponent is not going to put themselves on a rock. And even with the slavers, um, I've been throwing them like right that center in the in the rock asteroids and just playing around with um, not hitting rocks, and it makes me a little predictable, but. It's fun. But um and and with the with the with the small base swarms, again, just flying around the the rocks becomes more of a protection because with 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 a swarm, one of the biggest, you know, one of their biggest things if you're not flying them in a block formation, one of their biggest things is they're gonna get picked off because you know, people are gonna arc dodge you and they're you know, they're gonna shoot you without you shooting them because it's they're low initiative things, but they can't arc dodge you arc dodge you if you're in the middle of the rocks because you know you're probably flanked by rocks. If they try to arc dodge you that means they have to take the long way around which they're not shooting you. And if they are shooting you they t- they're taking bad shots. So um yeah I don't even know how it relates so much to risk assessment. It's just I, I don't know how you how you tie that back to risk assessment and obstacles, but I'm I guess what I'm trying to say is it's counterintuitive to what you would want to bring, to what's favorable to your style of list, to bring those things. But um, you can, if if you think you can move around them better than the other person, then then then, then why not? Um, did that make sense at all? Because it kind of it started making sense in my head at first, and then like halfway through, and <laughs> I'm like, I, I was just jibber jabbering, and I'm like, wait.
0: No, you I'm got. I, I into, think like, I th- we got the information we were looking for. There was some extra nuggets around the way. Ain't nothing wrong with extra nuggy. Somebody just drop a little extra in your bag. I ordered a five piece. I got six bonus nuggy. It's cool. Yeah, but <laughs> I guess the, I guess the bottom line is it's not.
1: You know, it's not. Um, I'm not. It's not risk. Ass- I mean, there is risk assessments. Like I understand it's it's not favorable
3: mm-hmm.
1: for me or because it's more favorable to just set a cloud and land on it or it's more or just shoot right through it but if it's more favorable for me it's probably going to be more favorable for my opponent as well
0: so here's a question i'm trying
1: to make it difficult for them
0: what what obstacles did you choose for your crate cup online list
1: uh i had i think i had gas clouds for that one okay but that's because i had that early on when gas clouds still gave you the free evades. And yeah, flying, that, and I have not changed it or touched the list or done anything to it since like week one, so that's why they're still on there because I never touched it. But oh, okay. if I were to have changed that up after the gas clouds stopped giving free evades, I probably would have done big rocks.
0: Okay, cool. And what a what? What about you, Ryan? Risk assessment, obstacles.
3: Hmm.
2: I think. Uh... There's normally not a lot that I look into too much as a risk beyond if what I'm about to place on the board is already what my opponent wants in the first place. I try and figure out like, okay, I'm going to, a lot of times I take big obstacles because I'm bringing many ships and I want to make sure the aces have the least amount of room possible and I feel confident moving around it. So, or them droid sword, neat. Uh, make my nest of rocks for my struts so i try and figure out if putting certain obstacles especially with the first couple placements because a lot of times those first two placements for each person control where the last two are going to be so it's more so those first two on each side tend to dictate what everything else is going to end up so if i'm placing one of my first two in a place that i think my opponent already wants to go i'm effectively giving them a placement but then I just assess: Is it still more advantageous for me? Is that still what I want anyway? Even if that's what they want, are they wrong? Are they right? I don't know. I mean, we'll find out in the game, and if it matters, uh, if we—if if where I put that rock is going to make a big deal. Ideally, in the first couple rock placements, it should make a big deal. It's normally kind of in the middle-ish, so. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the only thing that runs to my mind a risk assessment risk assessment for obstacles is is I am I already giving my opponent what they want
0: cool cool I like that I like that and for for myself when it comes to obstacles at the time I know that gas clouds don't give their their effect anymore but essentially what I usually am assessing is when an opponent brings not the obstacles that I would have preferred, how does that affect my list? Right. So for instance, if somebody brought debris and, uh, and this is starting to get a little bit into the, the list assessment, which we'll get to next. Um, you know, how does, how does that affect how I'm going to fly? You know, if I hit one of those, how bad is the stress going to be and how do I get it out of the way? Um, or put it in a spot where I don't think we're going to engage to not have to, deal with the risk of taking that stress or if i'm playing against um you know at the time gas clouds that gave that free evade and uh where can i place it for instance so that i didn't have to deal with that defensive bonus or maybe i wanted it and for whatever reason i thought my opponent shouldn't have brought gas clouds and they're actually benefiting me um you know right now I would say that the obstacle that scares me scares me the most is probably the uh, the debris, just because of that stress possibility that can really affect the maneuvers the most, even more than than rocks, um, because you could at least you know just five straight, four straight through a rock, and be able to still get a shot if as long as you end up on the other side. Um, well, I your think
3: coordinator as well.
0: True that. True that. Yeah. So got to watch out for, for that debris. Um, even though in my list, I brought debris. <laughs> I brought debris uh, to bring it in uh, in the tournament because I do think they're, they're the scariest ones. And I look my opponent in the eye and say, you touch it. I'm not going to touch it. You touch. All right. So now let's go ahead and head to lists. All right. You're about to set up the game. You're looking across the table. Your opponent has... X list, risk assessment things. What are you looking for? Obviously, you have to. This is a very obvious point of risk assessment, right? These are the things that worry me in my opponent's list. I mean, it, fe- it feels a little obvious, but I think we needed to say it, right? See, the silence is telling. It's exactly what what. Well,
1: no, no, I'm I'm, I'm trying <laughs> to i was i'm trying to see where you're going with this one so um you have in your obstacles your i mean you have in in your bullet points obstacles list and setup mm-hmm. i thought when you were going to lists i thought you were going to go into our own lists not the opponent list i
0: so mean are you talking about risk port-
1: assessment in your own lists or in, well in risk assessment
0: points? in you have your list can't change
1: right so, no, but in list building, it's there's there's that's what r- I thought you were going. Right, no, I'm like, not going that going way. I'm talking about yeah. opponent
0: lists. We can hit that too. This is the thing is that the entire game is risk assessment, isn't it? You're on you're you're always going like this is bad, this is bad. How do I mitigate both bads equally or which bad is worse, right? So, um, I want to talk about
3: specifically you're about to start a game. You look across the table I mean the first thing i'm looking at is the different initiatives Do they have someone lower than than me who can block me? Is do they have a high initiative person who can move after me and always arc dodge me as well? uh, so taking those into account uh, if it's is it gonna, a whole block? Is it a swarm that's going to move together as one unit? Uh, then I need to not risk uh, maybe jousting that um, unless I feel I have the superior jousting. Um, then I'm not sure whether and same thing with the blocker, right? Like is is that a risk? Devoting time to chasing after the blocker to take that tool away from them. Or she'd go after a more important piece. Uh, That's the, um, I think like things that do aerial aerial denial as well. Uh, Bombs, mines, uh, anything that, I don't know if really have, I guess turrets kind of have aerial denial. Yeah. Well, you know, there's, I know uh, you tell me for you
0: guys, I know there's times where I will look at an opponent's list and they brought a, a threat and i have to decide okay they brought I, they brought these bombs but in order for me to win this game i have to not care about those bombs like there there are there are moments depending on on what you what list you have which in our arbitrary conversation the the lists on both sides they're not fixed right they were they we're just kind of talking about them in a vacuum but there there are definitely going to be moments where you look across the they, you identify a threat okay this person has brought proton torpedoes this is a four dice attack with a crit and i have a ship that has no shields or very low shield count um, do you have to decide, are you, are you going to go chase after that thing and try to kill it before it gets a proton torpedo off? Or are you going to accept it? And how are you going to do that? And then continuing from there, we hit setup. So my question here is, I would say that there's, there's a couple of different types of setups. Um, in general, right? We have what I'm going to call block formations, right? Some type of square ish thing um, that moves as a single unit all together, basically one giant arc. You have uh, more of a spread formation. They're kind of together, but maybe they have some different angles. Um, a lot of really good vulture players use what I want to call like a spread formation. They're not all one square, but they do, they dance, do using the barrel rolls very cl- cleverly to keep different angles covered um you you have uh the non-committal um side to side setup classic marcel manzano you start with things facing in and you decide if you want to switch sides you decide if you want to turn in you decide if you turn in one side you basically don't make any decisions on the first turn you also have the self block to open right we're just kind of stalling uh on that could be either side left right middle um all of these different setups give you different pieces of information, um, and and that, you know, depending on your list, your risk assessment on looking at their setup and deciding what you think they're going to do. Now, going into my question that I want to throw at you guys is, I'm going to say setup and opening moves. How, if if I had to make you choose, what's more important? Your setup and opening moves or your opponent's? Mm. What do you mean? Can you elaborate on that?
2: If which
0: obviously they're both important, but my question is in the beginning part of the game, are you prioritizing what you do? Or what your opponent does. So for instance. An example of that. An easy one would be somebody who has a fixed setup. Is prioritizing themselves. Every game I do this thing. Because it creates these opportunities for me. Versus. You know, maybe you have a starting formation, but you are now – you're more read and react, okay? If I see this across the table, I'm going to start doing this. You don't necessarily have a fixed set of moves, and there's a spectrum of that. So where are you at?
1: Okay. So um, I'm going to – you jumped over list before you asked us. So I'm just going to throw a little bit on there about list risk assessment.
0: Sure. I'm gonna put, them, assessment. Yeah, put, them, put them together. Oh. Go for it. <clears throat>
1: So I got a really good and horrible example of a uh, risk assessment, which is the top four match that I had that I got wiped on um, a couple weeks ago or a month ago uh, in one of the qualifiers where I was flying dash against dash and the dash Ahsoka Jake one. That in in the risk assessment before playing that game and before being familiar, my mind – Dash is a problem. It's a risk. Where in reality, if you go back and play it again, or if I go back and play it again, in my mind, Dash is a problem because Dash gets 20 actions and Dash gets 20 actions because there's there's Jake and Ahsoka. And Jake and Ahsoka you can deal with. Like you can kill, especially with two Y5s. My approach should have been kill that extra action now. And then now we have a more even match, so that's just a a missed it's a, it's a risk assessment gone wrong. I did not assess the risk accordingly. I, I assessed the true risk that is Dash, but I didn't, you know, with Jake just being Jake. I'm like, ah, it's just Jake, and I for I can deal with him later. Where in reality is like, no, I should deal with him now. I think uh, you or William said. Uh like you just you, you just put it in your head like oh I'm gonna uh accept the consequences of you know getting shot by these other things while I'm taking care of this. Like uh, it, it's kind of a um, an accepted loss. Like I'm okay getting shot by a couple Ford ice guns, couple couple turns in order to get rid of the support. Uh another example would be uh I played uh Tyler Tippett twice with um, his his Vader and four uh, TIE fighter blocking thing. And in both games, I completely ignored the TIE fighters. I went straight at Vader because I know that if I go around and kill the TIE fighters, Vader is just going to be end game, just chewing me up. So in both games, I went in and I killed Vader, and then the TIE fighters... You know, you, you no matter what's left over, like they, what's left over has a good opportunity to do clean up on Tie Fighters, um, and it went well in those situations. But it's those situations, that, like I said, like I knew that the Tie Fighters were going to be throwing dice at my back and have a favorable position on me. But that's because if I don't kill Vader early, you know, it, it's it, I'm going to lose late. So those are the 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 risk assessments that that you got to make is you got to know when when the when you have to kill the support because the support enables the true risk or when you have to kill the risk because the support is more of a a um it's more of a nuisance it's more like they're they're not there to enable the, the the powerful piece they're there to to be kind of um a kite. You know, they're, they're kiting you by coming at you. They're not kiting you by running away. If if that makes sense. Um, Yeah. I
0: would like the toughest, the toughest lists are definitely those that like, there's no clear option. You're like, all of these things are bad. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what, and usually, boy, you go as a kind of like a um, target of opportunity is the phrase we've used before. Uh,
1: Yeah. And I was going to say, Grimow probably, put it better saying that it's risk assessment or threat assessment. Cause that's pro- I mean, they're, they're kind of interchangeable, right? The, you know, the yeah. threat in the this, risk. in
0: this sense. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, and as far as the, the set, the actual question that you asked about setup, um, I think that's why I choose not to be committal with my setups because I can react. And if I have, a, if I have ships that move before yours, I'm going to play slowly uh-huh. If I have sh- ships that move after you, then I can, then I then I can kind of lead it. So uh-huh. I don't think there's much of a, um, you know, it it it's, it's 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 a cat and mouse game. It's it's one of those situations where, if you're moving first, you want to make the player that's moving second tip their hand. If you're moving second, mm-hmm. then then you kind of force the issue.
0: Cool. Thank you. Thank you. And now I want to, I want to move on to, uh, to the next part I wanted to talk about was, you know, we talked a little bit about lists. Um, we talked about setup now, wind conditions, how, how does wind condition and risk assessment kind of go together? I want to, I want to throw this in your court, Ryan, what do you think?
2: So, um, a lot of that is also the sort of threat feel of it. So if the, your win condition you've determined at least you need to do step one there's like steps to win conditions in x-wing because you don't always get to full destruction as much as we'd like to You don't always get there but there are checkpoints along the way that can help you get to that win condition or at least versions of that win condition so that you've taken down either their end game or enough pieces to where their end game doesn't have enough power to take down what you have left so it's assessing Risk-wise, should I go for the endgame piece or should I go for the other stuff? Or if everything's endgame, what is the most threatening endgame piece that's there? Or if there's nothing really endgame and it's all just meant to be in your face, kill you, jousty, stay alive, whatever it is, what parts or pieces that construct that can you take down to help snowball it towards your wit? So whether it's linchpins, like if you're in a rebel four-ship, or even five-ship, uh, things like Her- Hera or Jake are great linchpins that help drive a lot of aspects within a list that you can go after. That, maybe they're not Ahsoka, the A-Wing, that's in more of an endgame piece, but it can drive a lot of what will allow your game to, uh, or your opponent to win the game. Or, if like Marcel alluded to, in the Vader Defender and friends, whatever it is, Academy ties, fifth bro or or fifth brother, seventh sister, whatever combination you're putting together, um, you do need to try and do what you can to get Vader as much as possible. The difficulty is if your opponent knows that. You also need to factor in the risk of if they know what you're trying to go after they're gonna make it as difficult for you as possible while putting their other pieces in a spot to damage you along the way so it it almost turns into a few turns into the game you're it, there's a lot of a little bit of baiting a little bit not too too much commitment but threatening maybe um or at least uh maybe even putting pressure on opponents maybe the the piece that they want to bait is now being pressured so hard, it's got to turn away, and now you can refocus back in, because if they even think about turning that bait back in, they are wiped off the board too easily. So there's a lot of aspects to the, you know, what what are you going to go after? Is it worth it? Is it something your opponent already knows? Do they play around that correctly? And then assess from there how you can position yourself in the best way to react or proactively Pressure your opponent into favorable positions for yourself.
0: All right, cool. Now, there's a time to make a safe choice, a calculated risk, and take uh, uh, a high risk. You know, this there is a, um, you know, you you, you've decided I have to do X or Y, otherwise I'm going to lose the game. Will you want to hit that a little bit when when are you doing what what are these game situations how are
3: maybe early game mid game late game I mean that's the assessment kind of goes what to Marcel said pointed out earlier uh, was that when you see those lists or when you see those ships that you say like this ship is going to lose me the game if it's still on the board full health doing whatever it needs to, right? Spinning its modifiers on offense. Uh that's the kind of threat that we're talking about here where you have to you have to occupy that ship. Uh, same thing of looking at um like uh someone who wants to joust. If you're like this ship or this list does so much upfront damage, whether you got like munitions or uh say something like Three dice rerolls, like some sort of like Sloan Interceptor Swarm or something like that, right? Uh, where if you just go anywhere near this thing and it let, it lets you concentrate fire, uh, you you just have to, uh, or that that you're not going to survive that. It's not going to trade well. Uh, so that's the things that I look for is like, what pieces am I willing to risk? trading uh, for their other piece and a lot of that comes down to like okay i'll trade my support piece for yours because yours is more expensive than mine or i'll trade one of my line troops for one of yours uh if i I benefit from that trade uh i kind of think about that like chess like i'm always willing to like as long as it's not my king or queen i'm willing to trade any piece right uh well almost any piece there's a pieces that are worth equal amounts right uh just like in chess, like that's not a good risk if i'm uh, if i have to trade a bishop for your pawn like i'm not going to give up my bishop for something cheap like that uh so i've never done that (laughs) <laughs> I mean, sometimes, sometimes, sometimes you can bait it though. You just bait it just enough, uh, and you can you can find that wind condition. And I think that's the that's the most challenging part about risk assessment. Is because you could look and be like, okay, well, Darth Vader Defender, that's bad. But how uh, how do you understand your wind condition enough? to understand when and how much you need to put pressure into that particular ship, uh, or pieces, right? Sometimes it's like a combo piece, like we see like a, what was it, like Tarani and Justero together, right? Uh, Sure, Justero can shoot twice, but he's not really the threat in that, right? Um, So you have to assess essentially a way to a way to beat torani um whatever that would entail anything that's not in his bullseye right Mm -hmm. like you can't that's the i guess the risk reward there right is uh you can't give up your position to get uh to give your better or give your opponent a better position Mm -hmm. man uh these are uh, tough, tough concepts uh, to even to even wrap our head around because well, we've it, been playing all this game for years, and like it's still something that like, okay, I, I I know how to do this. I know what I want to do, but how do we go about doing that mm-hmm. without losing out on too much?
0: Right, because essentially, I will tell you most of these topics that I come up with are things that are in the back of my head when in like during a game, I make I make a mistake, right, and and. Most of the time, you don't realize it was a mistake until after the diodes are set, people are moving. That your opponent makes that one move, you're like, "How did I not see that? You know, how did I not assess this risk that this ship was going to be able to to flank me after doing a three turn boost, and now my most valuable piece is dead? You know, or you know, whatever whatever the move might be. Um, so he, here's the next kind of step i want to take taking risks marcel i want to go i want to go to you here first is there a right time and a wrong time to be risky i'm gonna start with that question i kind of want to see how you respond because i got a i I got a sneaky third question that goes with that
1: okay uh is there a right time or a wrong time to be uh, risky. risky to take yeah, risks. Of course, of course. There's always a, um, a right time and a wrong time, uh, and that's usually like the Monday morning quarterback when you, you know, it depends on how it turned out, right? Right. Uh, I think the mo the more predictable thing is if you're ahead, if you're winning, it's you know the wrong time to be risky. If you're if you're losing, it's the the right time is to to take risk. But um, I would say it's. It, it again goes back to reading people and, and reading the game is, it's not, you know, whether you're win or, winning or losing, the best time to take a risk is when the opponent doesn't anticipate it. Uh, it's more important than if you're up or if you're behind, because if, if you're losing and you're gonna say, well, I'm gonna play risk averse and I'm just gonna hide behind this gas cloud or hide behind here and I'm gonna run five forward, if it's predictable, then you may be putting the dice in your favor by making them roll range three shots bad shots through a gas cloud or or a rock or something like that like they're taking bad shots so you're you're making the right call but you're giving them shots you're giving them an opportunity and when it's unexpected that that they're expecting that that you know, you to bug out and then they go chase you. And then, uh, no, I'm, um, you know, I, I, I did this hard one that you could have blocked or or, or had you gone slow, you know, it, it's, it's, it's the end of the road for me. But now I'm behind you and, and it's going to take you three or four turns to, for you to get your guns back on target. So it's, um, it's not as easy as be risk averse when you need to win because you're behind no when you need to win when you're ahead of points and then take risk when you're down it's um the best time to take a risk is when it's least expected because if it's not expected and they do they go after the predictable move that's usually like what separates um that that's usually what'll win you a tournament. It's those 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 moments where you do the unpredictable and the unpredictable pays out for you.
0: I think my favorite game, um, of of seeing this risk reward being weighed off and ridiculous moves being uh, put in the dials is Marcel you versus Duncan Howard at Worlds 2019. Like, if you haven't watched that game on our YouTube channel, go pull it up. It is ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Fantastic. Um, But there were just, there was about three or four turns in a row where I could not tell you what was going to be in that dials. And nobody, when they were revealed, nobody knew. Like, like, what? Why? And then it was this crazy game of cat and mouse. Absolutely fantastic. But there was, you know, there was there was risk in all the moves. And uh, the most ridiculous one was quite entertaining. You had, if you haven't seen it yet, I'm not going to tell you. Because I want you to go watch the video. Don't, so, don't spoil it. Yeah. Um, and then, the, the next thing I want to talk about is, uh, Ryan, I want to we'll toss this to you. Now we're in we have this random order after dials. How has risk assessment or how will risk assessment kind of change as it be now that random order after dials is the official way to play?
2: Well, it becomes another aspect in your dial decision-making you need to, if you have the same magic initiative, you need to have the risk assessment to decide is my maneuver that I'm dialing in going to be uh, how, how effective it's going to be in each scenario. And if it's worth it to say, dial in something that you're counting on being a player to try and, because it's going to be so advantageous if you get it. It's so it's worth it. Even if, if you don't get the player order that you needed to execute said maneuver or plan that you had going wrong, So it's the assessment of deciding, am I going to dial this in, taking the 50-50 shot? If I get it, it's a big deal. If I don't get it, it sucks. Maybe it's not as bad as you think, and it could still work out. Am I going to take the path of, okay, I'm doing a maneuver that's compensating on the other side of things. It's compensating for the chance that i won't be able to complete it because i think i'll get blocked by a same initiative a lot of times this happens at low initiative counts um so i'm dialing in a maneuver that could still work in my favor if i go first but if i go second my arc or where i am is still beneficial to where i think i'll be blocked um i've done something like that uh, i may have described in a previous episode where i had an arc 170 that I wanted to do a, a certain maneuver or like cover a certain area with its firing arc, if I would move first, would have done still what I wanted to do um, and blocked up my opponent ships. But if I uh, go second, I'm counting on being blocked, don't have my action, sucks, but I'm still covering generally where I want to cover with my arc. Um, I know someone who was flying a Vader Defender. They were counting on that 4K. They wanted to be first player to make sure, I know this is going to fit. They weren't first player. And their other the other opponents, I6, decided to occupy where that 4K was. Didn't go very well. The space is my space. So, yeah. so <laughs> there, You know, there, there'll be those times where you're high-initiative ship. They want to go where they want to go. And actually being first player is advantageous. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting how road has shifted that, that dynamic too. If we think about that, we're always so used to, and it's normally a better to be second player throughout most of the game. But some, sometimes now you got, you got those turns at any initiative. You want to be first, you want to occupy that space. You want This space is mine. I don't want anyone to go here. I want to take my actions. So um, I think it's mostly on the risk assessment side, deciding if what you're dialing in is good, is a risk first is it a risk second if it is a risk how bad is it if you don't get what you want or if you do get what you want how advantageous is that for you weigh the two do your checks and balances of road and go from there
0: love it love it all right so the last thing i want to hit here is you know we we've talked about risk assessment uh, in a couple of different ways and just kind of I want to hit personally you know ha- has road changed how you approach risk assessment in the game and if so how I'm just, I'm just kind of curious um, remember the, these type of episodes we're just we're just kind of oh, it's just open thought time maybe maybe it hasn't affected you uh, i'm just curious
3: will uh, i think it's definitely affected me in in the turns that it would matter right like two i6s looking right at each other uh both blocking each other's k turns or something like that or um things like you said do you like uh a non-turreted ship chasing a turreted ship at the same initiative gets really awkward because you for me i have ended up always just taking the conservative move whatever lands me the action if i move first if that makes sense um because you can't i have a hard time turning away from any battle uh knowing that a block's coming you know um but i I think it's made me just plan to be first player each time and hopefully that is advantageous um I think so I, I think overall it's made me more uh conservative on those turns that it matters where like I said uh, that my action's going to be super important versus there's um I I feel like I take less risks. Marcel? Uh
1: I think it's it's um yes it has changed but I think it's changed in um, in my not r- uh, the risk assessment has made me change what I use to do risk mitigation so so it's changed
0: it's changed your list
1: building a bit. It's changed my list building and it's also changed my my flying because mm-hmm. I, I I happen to I purposely try to not put myself in a situation where it's a fifty-fifty. Uh goes back to the like the rocks thing that I was saying earlier. Like I bring the worst rocks because I trust myself to fly over through those rocks better than my opponent. Uh same thing. It's is when I'm flying, I'm trying to put myself in a position where there like there's very few of those fifty-fifty scenarios because I'd rather try to not have have it be a 50-50 have it be like my choice of the dial over your choice of the dial if that makes any sense and in the list building it's it's um definitely changed in the list building because in any situation you're always going to end up in those situations you can try to avoid it but you're always you know it, it's it's um it's like one of those things where you you know you're playing american football for those of you not 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 American when you're playing, you know, American football NFL or you're watching it and everything is perfectly coordinated, you know, like every everybody has their exact place to be. The quarterback can have their eyes closed and throw it because no they know exactly what's gonna happen. But as soon as the ball gets tipped and it starts rolling around, then you just chaos. have like 22
0: people <laughs>
1: piled up on top of each other like it's it, it, exactly it's like chaos it's, it's, you know there's there's absolutely zero plan or anything and mm-hmm. that's how x-wing is a lot of the time you, you, you set up you know you spend five or six turns getting that perfect engagement and showing up and I'm gonna be at range three just out of arc Um and you may get it but one or two turns after that it's just chaos now everybody's just like like mushed up in the middle. So that's usually how it ends up. So what I've done is I've tried to build into the list things to mitigate that risk. Um, More, you know, uh, Ryan was saying sensitive controls on Kylo, you know, Mm -hmm. that that's a great idea. Sensitive controls on Kylo one, because Kylo has force, but I think we can all agree that one action is better than no actions. So when you're moving second you're trying to hope to get that double action like the double reposition or the reposition and target lock if the choice is maybe a double action or maybe zero actions i would rather guarantee that one action in the system phase because now it's guaranteed so i'd rather be like okay uh, this is where i want to be i missed Mm -hmm. so i'm still going to guarantee one action, because one action is better than 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 no action. So that that's, you know, things like that or things where uh, I think William might have said this a week or two ago where you're flying more or maybe Ryan, I don't know, somebody, one of you said it, where you're flying more of the same initiative ships because that way you can guarantee that, okay, I don't know where you're going to be, but I know where I'm not going to be. So I'm going to move this piece out of the way because this piece is the one that really needs that action. So you can create your own screen. So you can you can use the ship that, you know, the, the front ship, to screen. Say, if I move first, I know where I'm going to be and both, both ships are going to get an action. But if you move first, this ship is going to get out of the way because the second ship is going to guarantee that action.
0: So... Yeah, every so, so like every space that you occupy on the previous turn, you you are you have the ability to control what happens to that space in the following turns when you have the same initiative,
1: exactly, exactly. And that's you know, um, an added benefit of flying all same initiatives. So, it, it, um, so yeah, I I would say, and also coordinators, I think coordinators went up in stock a ton because coordinators can impact the board without having to face the board. So again, you know, I said, you know, in football, you get everybody that, you know, when there's a fumble, everybody scrambles and gets to the center. The coordinator would be that one that is starting to run ahead to maybe set the blocks just in case one of your guys picks up the ball. They have the block set up so you can, you know, you can go in. The coordinators don't necessarily have to get into the scrum. They can just continue, you know, Jake, not Jake, because Jake's a, a bad example. Uh, but, you know, like, you know, any any of them. Uh, Hera, I guess Hera would be the best example. Hera can just go around or uh, Kanan or Kyle Katarn. You know, they just need to be somewhere in the vicinity to
0: still impact the, the board. Awesome. Well, I mean, th- that's a topic today. Like, you know, like I said, some of these topics end up uh, just – Kind of off the top of my head, something I want to talk about. Super random thing that has nothing to do about X-Wing. No spoilers here, but I started watching Hawkeye, the show. Again, I told you it's super random, right? Started watching Hawkeye. And I had never realized something. And then Devin said this, and now I can't unsee it. Guys. Doesn't Marcel kind of have a very similar facial structure as the Hawkeye actor? Uncover your face. Marcel, uncover your face. Do you see it? Do you see it? That's what I'm saying. I already
3: need it's to all, see some
0: side-by-side side here. Side-by-side. Side. I, I, listen, I su- like Devin was like, Marcel kind of looks like Hawkeye. And I was like, what? What do you mean? And then I looked at it and I was like... Oh, mm, yeah. I guess, I guess you got like the
3: wide jawline, like the low cheeks might be the way to say it. I don't know how to it. I, I think it's the thanks, lower thanks half. i not calling it double. <laughs> what? No. <laughs> no, you got to get a, if you start getting a beard, you got to, if you start getting a double chin, you got to get a beard. Look at that. Okay. <laughs>
0: I'm just, I'm just saying. I, I don't know what it is. I haven't done a side by side comparison, but if you want to do the analysis, post some pictures on our Discord. I think that would be a fun. <laughs> Marcel's like, Dion, what are you doing? Listen, <laughs> wild card. It's December. All the tournaments are over. You can't, you can't. I, content can't control me because it's literally just what's on the top of my head. All right, so. <laughs> That that's it. You guys want to bring up anything else? We still we still got so, a little bit of time. Public service announcement.
1: Uh, this is not to go off on a tangent. Tangents but are fine. This, up, is tangent uh, this is tangent no, 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 time. tangent no, time. No, no, no. This is not. We, we're not going to go off on on this. Other than you brought up shows we're watching. uh Amazon Prime. If you're not giving your Amazon Prime to Dion, give it to somebody else. Fearless Gundark. But. um On Prime, that uh, Wheel of Time episode.
0: I haven't seen it yet. Is it
1: good? They are ridiculously good, in my opinion. Um, We watched the fourth one, and Kayla was like, I I, I read uh, the first 11 books, believe it or not. So I read the first 11 books for the Wheel of Time from Robert Jordan um so i kind of know what's happening but kayla was like nope we're watching episode four again because i want to see if i missed anything any little clues there uh it's really good it's probably the best show that amazon prime's done and i'm a big fan of the boys and they did the boys and i think this one's probably better the boys so anyway um neither here nor there back to star wars Just
3: no
2: I'm, I'm, I'm on the i'm on the what we watch movies and tv show tangent now <laughs> let's go um so, uh, Sarah and I got Netflix just recently. We haven't caught up with a lot of the Netflix original stuff. She's been really enjoying Lock and Key. I haven't watched it, but she's personally a big fan of, like, horror movie, occult, thriller stuff. It's it's not, like, horror at all, but it's, like, very, um, I don't know. Like, it, it just has occult aspects, I guess, or, like, supernatural for sure, mm-hmm. uh, which is cool. Uh, We caught up with Cobra Kai. I was excited to actually finally be able to watch that. Um, I know Marcel has this little rivalry. If you haven't seen Marcel and Duncan, go at it. Like, it's Johnny Lawrence and Danny LaRusso. You haven't seen true in-life x all right? Um, uh, We've been watching... uh, I, I caught up with the Castlevania series. That's really good. Not watched with your little ones. That is a mature-rated content movie, but great animation. Great story. Not really a, a big Castlevania fan at all. My friends just recommended it to me. It's really enjoyable. Um, and watching the new live-action adaptation of Cowboy Bebop has been enjoyable. I know a lot of people have been kind of, like, ripping on it a little bit. because It's hard to match the level of nostalgia, quality, and feel to the original animation version of Cowboy Bebop, but I think it's still fun and enjoyable to watch.
3: Uh, I don't really watch a lot of TV. I did watch a lot of the uh, Cowboy Bebop. I'm a real big fan of the old school one. Um, and I think they they like they did the most iconic Episode And then they pretty much like As like almost not quite shot for shot But like hot, Heavily inspired by the most Iconic episode uh, About the red eye But then man they've they've gone off on their own Tangent which I really like that they kind of Made it their own they said like They showed her like yeah we could Just do shot for shot but like That's not interesting though we can make our own show, which I think I I really do like. And man, Hawkeye. Something these Disney Plus Marvel shows, they just they just uh really have me fascinated. I love watching them. I don't know why. Uh but yeah, Hawkeye is really good. I really like how uh Jeremy Renners is totally playing it of just like uh at one point he's like, I don't have anything to sell And the the Cape is like, No no you have to You have to have like a persona. You gotta, it's marketing. uh, (laughs) Yeah, you got to market better. It was like, and and, and Hawkeye's like, "Yeah, I'm not selling anything." And like that's so, man, it's very refreshing to see like that kind of superhero who's just like, "Yeah, I do it because like it needs to be done. I'm not out here for the glory, you know. It's not the, uh, like, um, what do I say?" Uh, like, like Captain America. Best friend? No, no, I'm talking like I'm trying to think of like what they call Captain America, like the Star Spangled Man with a Plan or something like that.
1: Yes, uh, I thought you were talking about uh, Natasha with the pose.
3: No, 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 not pose. No, I mean like uh, uh, like he's uh, or like uh, you know uh, Thor comes and he always slams his hammer down and like makes a big show or whatever, right? And like Hawkeye is very much not that, which I think is very interesting. So it's. I've had a lot of fun watching it. Same, same. I'm, I'm a fan. But there you go. Little, little
0: look behind the curtain, non, non X-wing uh, stuff. Uh, let it, you know if you guys want to talk about TV on the Discord. I don't mind as long as we're not dropping spoilers. Book of Boba Fett
2: on the boat. It's around the corner. When's mm-hmm. that supposed to start? December 29th, I think. Oh, all oh, the way till the
3: end. Yeah, yeah, I
2: feel like they're, they're they're doing Hawkeye and then Book of Boba Fett will come
3: out. Yeah, so, I yeah. Think they only have one new show at a time. Uh, four, five, four more. I think it's a six part. Like yeah, uh, I how think Winter six Soldier was. Right. Or, yeah. Uh, yeah, Falcon and Winter Soldier. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pumped. I want to see what ships, pilots, all that stuff we're going to get out of that. Now, here are some, I would tell you, here are some of the ideas. I'll tell you right now, a little preview, some of the ideas I have for episodes coming coming forward. Um, I want to do a um, a shipyard episode, a couple of those. Uh, so, for instance, you know, we've seen, um, oh, I just, her name just slipped my mind. Um, oh, Boba Fett's partner. Finn, no, it's a Fennec. Fennec, yes. Yeah, like, we've seen her in the Bad Batch. If she was an X-Wing, what would she look like? We see her in, a in like, her own ship. You know, we could talk about that, speculate a little bit. We have, of course, the Bad Batch themselves, their shuttle. If we were to have that in X-Wing, what would that look like? I want I want to talk about that a little bit. And with us rolling into road and now that we've kind of digested what it is what's it going to look like it's time it's time to start lists of the week again because now it's time to start building lists so
1: can I, can I make a, a request and see if they like it because I've been interested in this because I've, sure. I've really enjoyed the sideboard I have uh, I've enjoyed the sideboard and I enjoy uh, Jank Tank I think everybody enjoys Jank Tank Um, would love to do a uh, list of the week but a mixture of jank tank and sideboard sideboard, where you do the random and then we take we just keep the ships and we build off the ships so we don't like remove one and add one but we just build out based on the ships so we we sideboard it basically I think that'd be fun
3: I think that would be more interesting if we pitted two lists together, because you kind of need your opponent's list, at least, uh, for the sideboard. Oh, like we randomized, like, okay, me
1: versus Dion, and you versus Ryan, or something like that. Yeah. yeah.
3: Yeah, I got four arcs and a torrent or something, and I had to find out what my sideboard's upgrade's going to be, depending on who I'm faced off against. It's almost like competitive list building. Yeah. I mean that's that's our
0: thing. We like that. <laughs> all right, well that's it for today everybody. Thank you so much for hanging out. Uh remember if you're not a part of the Discord, come join us exclamation point Discord or click the link in the description down below. If you're watching uh later on, on YouTube, you can find it there or if you're listening on your favorite podcast app, you should be able to uh, get access to uh that description section as well. Um that's all I have for you all today. Thanks for watching. Hopefully you had a good turkey day if uh, if you celebrate Thanksgiving. I know that I'm thankful for you and all your faces and your ears. That sounds weird. Whatever. Thanks for watching. (laughs) Stay smart. Stay safe. Gold Squadron out.